Hello everyone, I'm Estela Casas, creative brand strategist for the Viva Auto Group family of dealerships. Thanks for listening to the Viva Style podcast, where we have interesting conversations about the automotive industry that provides hundreds of jobs in the borderland. Let's talk Viva Style. Well, good morning, everyone. We hope you're having a good day. Uh, every day is a good day when it, when you're six feet six feet above ground, right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Absolutely. You want to make sure that uh, if if you're if you're breathing, you're in a you're in a good position to uh, to do good things in the world. <laughs> to do good things in the world. Hey, thank you so much for coming in, Chuck Muniz with Northwestern Mutual. You are a financial advisor, and the best thing to talk about right now is. Uh, money and what to do with your finances at the beginning of the year. So explain a little bit what you do and why it's important to uh, have that house in order. Absolutely. So as you know, right now, tax season is among us. And so uh, the beginning of the year is a fantastic time to start planning for, uh, for financial goals, maybe things that you didn't get done in 2021 and you want to start improving on in 2022. Um, or things that you can come back and say, hey, what can I be better at in 2022? And so getting, getting your household in order from a, from a financial perspective is something that I've been working on um, with my individual clients and business owners for the last 10 years at Northwestern Mutual. And so um, we approach planning from a, from a comprehensive perspective um, where we're thinking about defensive financial strategies and, and offensive financial strategy. Do you have to have a lot of money to do something like this? I think that is... That's a misconception, right? It's a yeah. huge misconception in the financial world. When when people hear investments, they think, oh my gosh, I have to have a lot of money, a lot of money to yeah. invest or put into a retirement account. Um, and, and so sometimes there are some very simple, basic financial literacy things that could be done to improve your household. Um, and, and, and I think right now at the beginning of the year, it's a fantastic it's the best time, time to, to do, do it. So remember, if you want to know how to prepare for the tax season, some steps you can take as early, um, you know, as January that you should get everything in order before that the magic day of April 15th, gather your, the important tax documents, gather information about dependents, double check personal information with your employer, plan ahead. If you might owe taxes, so you can have some sort of a, of a plan to pay them off. Plan ahead for potential tax refunds. Renew your ITIN. So tell me what that is. So before we hop into all of the tax uh, information, oh. right? Yeah. It's always important to give the disclosure that everybody's tax situation is, is different. different. Absolutely. Right. So 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 some of the strategies, some of the topics that we'll just be discussing. Every, it's different for everybody. Yes. Right. But so, we all have to pay taxes. That's one thing. Taxes and death are, are two things. The that, two consistencies <laughs> in life, right? Death and taxes. Death and um, taxes. So, so, so go ahead. So start preparing your tax return. Do research on professional tax preparers. Finalize contributions for the year. Stay up to date on news from the IRS. Uh, make sure you get your W-2 from the employer. Uh, the 1099 from anyone who paid you miscellaneous, contract, or other relevant funds. Documents showing medical medical, educational, childcare, or other expenses, especially if you're itemizing, and statements regarding investments or mortgage interest payments and receipts, and finalize your contributions for the year. And that is why you are here. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done ahead of time so you can have a successful or a, um, um, so you can complete your, your taxes and, and pay them off and feel better about it, right? Correct. Was that all one question? <laughs> 
<laughs> that always one question. So let, let's talk about how there's how, a lot to how, unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there, and I you know I ran through the list, but but why you were here is to you know the, finalize maybe your contributions for the year. Maybe you're you got a new job. You um, have not been working for a year. Uh, everybody everybody's uh, financial situation is different. So what Correct. are some tips that that apply to everyone? And then uh, we'll talk about specifics. Sure. So I, I think you can even start with planning that doesn't necessarily have to even be done with a financial advisor or a tax advisor. Um, some very simple things to think about when you're putting together, you know, a good financial household is a budget. You can't do all these sorts of planning uh, strategies mm -hmm. if you don't know where your money is going. That, that's simply put, if you do not know where your money's going, you're not going to be able to strategize. So budgeting, I think, is a very important part of financial planning. Um, there are many different budgeting strategies that are out there. They're based off of percentages of your income. I've heard them all. 50, 30, 20, 60, 20, 20. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, in putting together a budget, it just comes back and says, hey, a, a certain amount of my dollars every month need to go towards my essential expenses right? Essential expenses, my mortgage or rent, my car payment, my insurance, my groceries, my utilities. Another 20% we should be allocating towards discretionary expenses. Hey, what are discretionary the, expenses? This is the fun stuff. This oh, is the, the fun, fun stuff, stuff. Like the, like the Starbucks, like the, uh, new shoes. Well, I don't know, Estella, <laughs> that might be in your, uh, essential that, expenses. That box. is in my essential. <laughs> yes. I like shoes. <laughs> So, so when we're talking about fun, we're always thinking about, hey, we got to take the family out. Yeah. We, we, we got to go to the movies. Hey, maybe we're planning for a trip. I want to make sure that I'm living life. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel guilty about spending my money. Right. Because you, you work hard to be able to enjoy life money. too. But right. you, you have to enjoy life, but you also have to set aside some money. Correct. And so that's the last 20%. Mm -hmm. okay. The last 20%, we want to make sure it's intentional and dedicated towards savings and investing. Okay. So how much, so you get a, a thousand bucks a month. How much of that should you save? This should, you should just tuck away into savings. Sure. So a good rule of thumb, right? Good rule of thumb, 10%. 10%, okay. 10%'s a good rule of thumb. If we can work our way up from mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. we're going to be in a, a much better financial position, right, than, than we otherwise would be if we didn't save anything. Mm -hmm. But a good rule of thumb is 10%. Now, that savings and investing, when we're talking about that, we, we need to start strategizing with where those dollars should be going. Um, and again, this is going back to, hey, what are some steps can you take that you don't have to work with the financial advisor necessarily or a tax you just advisor. Do on your own. This is building a properly funded emergency fund. Speaking of emergency sure. fund, how much of your salary should you have set aside? You should have a year set aside, right? Everybody's a little bit different, right? <laughs> okay. Some people feel, oh my gosh, I need to have 12 months worth of my living expenses mm -hmm. set aside inside of savings. Everybody's different. Now, the good rule of thumb there should be somewhere between three to six months Okay. worth of your living expenses inside of an emergency fund. Okay. And, and when we're thinking about an emergency fund, we're not talking about money invested, money in a retirement account, money that you can borrow against. We're Cash. talking, we're talking about checkings, savings account. I'm not trying to get cute with the money. Yeah. I want to make sure it's there for liquidity purposes in the event of my kid breaking an arm, mm -hmm. uh, in the event of my car breaking down, um, Something happened up on the roof with my house. I got to go and replace something. Mm -hmm. 
I need to make sure that I'm liquid. And, and because if I wasn't, if I did have all of my money inside of my investments, my retirement accounts, my house, a lot of people have their wealth in their house, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to have to go and liquidate. You can't liquidate an, a house. Can't just, you can't yeah. go scrape or, any $20 yeah. bills off right. the house. Or you don't want to be selling your investments, right? right? As most of the time, you want to hold on to those for, for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that emergency fund is critical. Um, and, 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 and I believe those are things that could be done and could be coached around um, you know, with, without, again, necessarily working with a, a tax advisor or a financial advisor. Um, Chuck, have you seen um, how uh, people are spending money differently, saving money differently uh, post COVID? I mean, we're still we're we're not in the thick of things anymore with COVID, right? But we're not uh, not out of the woods yet, right? And some people are going back to work. Some people are saying change jobs. Some people are retired. Um, a lot of a lot of instability change. and a lot of change. Right. Have you seen how people are? doing their finances differently? I, I have. Um, in, in the last 12 to 24 months, um, you can certainly see there's been a lot of stimulus mm -hmm. in the economy, mm -hmm. right? And so we are at record levels of household savings, the likes we've never seen before. And you say, well, why is that? Well, there's more stimulus coming into the economy. Um, so from a savings perspective, the average household now has more inside of their savings than they previously did. And you say, well, why is that? Well, there's the stimulus packages that came out with uh, child tax credits, mm -hmm. right? Um, if somebody was unemployed, they had those dollars to set aside. Um, so, so there was more options of cash flow um, coming from stimulus that have allowed them to increase their savings. And another big one, people didn't do a whole lot of spending in 2020. Stayed at home. They stayed at home. And so that's another factor that increased savings accounts uh, across the nation, and I, I think across the globe. Uh, do you think maybe, so So what I've seen a little bit is uh, a lot of people are spending that stimulus. Pent-up demand. Yeah. Pent-up demand. Yeah, it's like, oh, I need to go get some new shoes because I'm going out into the world again. Right. And I'm going to buy six pairs of shoes instead of the one that I was planning on because I have all the stimulus money. So what advice do you give? Don't go out and buy that those that that hundred sixty dollar pair of shoes. Right. Uh, use that uh, as a savings and rethink the way you save and the way you spend. Right. I I um I always take a look at you know different things that wealthy or successful individuals do because there there tends to be um, things that they have in common, and one of those things is living within your means or below your means. Or below your means. <laughs> I, I, I like to say live below your means. Sure. I've always believed in living below your means because you need that emergency money. Uh, and I don't need to have Starbucks every day. And I don't need $160 shoes. I'll wait for them to get to be on sale. Right. So right. I've always lived below my means. Correct. And so that is one thing that wealthier millionaires have in common is they live below their means. They're not trying to look rich or, right. or live the fancy lifestyle. And, and another thing is being disciplined with whatever strategy that you do have in place, mm -hmm. right? I, I, it's almost like diets, right? They say, well, which diet's going to work this year? Or It's a lifestyle. It's a Viva style change, <laughs> right? It's everything has to change. All diets work just the same way saving and investing. They all work. You yeah. just need to stick with them. Consistency, right? Yeah. Discipline. And a plan. And Discipline, a plan. a plan, and consistency. 
So um, give me three things that, that, I, that I can walk away with to, to make sure that I'm going to be financially sound this year. Sure. So I think we've gone over two. Yes. Um, the first one, budget. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can download a very simple budget. You could go to my website. Okay. Okay. CharlesMunis.nm.com. Okay. And you can create a budget there. And we okay. can go over different strategies, 60, 20, 20, 50, 30, 20. And then two, putting together that emergency fund. Okay. I think that's critical. The third. So what if I don't have an emergency fund? So how am I going to, how am I going it, to, it's January. I've had one, maybe two, two checks already and I don't have an emergency fund. What do I do? It's not too late to start. Okay. Okay. And so the first thing that I would evaluate, budget. Where's my Once money again, going? Everything goes back to budget. We can't do any planning if we don't know where our money is going. Okay. Um, then we come back and we evaluate percentage of your income is a great place to start when we're talking about building that emergency fund. Okay. So it, I, I think a great place, good rule of thumb, 10%, right? Just set uh, it aside. App, just, app, set it aside. App, just set it aside. Um, now, once we've built that emergency fund or maybe we're two pay periods into the year, mm-hmm. we still haven't done it. Just put 10% aside. 10% aside, and, and you'll be thanking yourself later right. when when or when something comes up. Something life, always life, comes up. Life has a strange <laughs> way of hitting us with the curveball. Absolutely. Curve ball, right? So, so that would be the second thing is that emergency fund, and how can we strategically do it? Percentage of your income. Um, I don't believe dollar amounts matter all that much. Okay. We need to think about percentage of your that income. 10%. Okay. 10% is good rule of thumb. Um, and then the third is putting ourselves in a better position than we were the year before or putting ourselves in a better position than we were yesterday or a month ago. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, from a financial perspective, there are many different types of tax advantageous accounts. Okay. um, Good. We need to talk about those. That the American people can take advantage of. And um, many times I always think about the, and and this would be probably the third thing, but all three I wish they taught a little bit more in school. Right? right? There should be a special class for all that instead of uh, underwater basket weaving. <laughs> um, you know, uh, to, today class, we um, are going to learn how to compute the distance from uh, the slope of, of, of an invisible line between two points. Well, hey, what about staying out of credit card debt? <laughs> right. What about uh, savings That's and investing? That's more important. Those uh, are no, life lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No calculator. We can't have, <laughs> now everybody's got the calculator right. on their phone. So, so, so I think when we're talking about tax advantageous accounts, um, there, there are some things that individuals can be taking advantage of. Um, and they're right in their backyard. They're, they're there when most people don't think they're there. Mm-hmm. Their employer. Okay, look to them. So, so let's say um, they're, they're, you don't have a 401k. Uh, you don't have a Roth IRA or a Roth uh, or, or just a regular IRA. Sure. So, so what do you do? How do you take advantage and, and you put it under your, under your mattress? Where do you put it? Because you're not going to, if you put it in the bank, you're not going to make any money. Right now, very low interest rates, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, now the Federal Reserve is talking about increasing interest rates yes. this year, which, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking, how is that going to impact the economy? How is that going to impact the markets? But um, ultimately... We want to be looking at these accounts to say, what can we do 
to grow our money in a tax advantageous way. Mm -hmm. We know inside of the bank, we're getting that, you know, 0.03% that I have to pay them to take care of my money. There you go. <laughs> Negative real rates of return when we're talking about inflation. Yeah. Right. That's catching the headline everywhere that you look um, on the news or if you read the newspaper still, uh, <laughs> that, that's still talked about. But so so we start thinking about where can we set aside a dollar to get these dollars to grow and work for mm -hmm. us. Um, I, I, I think before we get into that topic, also, it's important to note that um, there, there's also a disclosure there. Right. When we're talking about investing, it comes with risk. Yes. Right. High and, risk, high reward. Right. Right. We, <laughs> scared money doesn't make money. Right. Right. So, so, so if you keep it all in the bank, right, yeah. there's no little That's to scared no risk. money. So there's right, no risk. There's no risk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I believe it's important to understand, hey, if I am going to invest, I, I do need to make sure some other things are taken care of. Budgeting, emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if I've got some of these things taken care of, then I can go back and I can stay what can I do with my money now to put me in a better financial position for me and my family, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that comes from taking advantage of these accounts. So disclosure, right? Risk comes with reward. investing. investing. Risk comes with reward. Mm -hmm. But everybody's a little bit different. There's risk tolerance. Although somebody might be young, they might not, inside of their gut, they know that they can't be taking all sorts of risk. Right. This is maybe where the conversation of working with a financial advisor gets them a little bit more comfortable with investing. You got to get them young so they can so they can start thinking differently. Time is our friend mm -hmm. when we're talking about investing, right? Estella, if I said, if I would have met you 30 years ago, and I, if I would have changed that seed right. in your brain about right. investing and saving, would we be in a better position today? Yes, absolutely. 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 Yeah. So, so we always want to think about what can we do to take advantage, right, of, of the things that we do have. And for young people, many things, it's time. Time's their best friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so these are the things that we want to talk about. So risk tolerance, time horizon, and investment objective are important things to evaluate when we're talking about investing. Those are some big words. Right. So, so when we're saying risk tolerance, it's that gut feeling. Okay. Okay. Risk tolerance. Like, oh, oh, I'm too nervous about I'm this. I'm too nervous. <laughs> they need to be a little bit more educated about investing. Okay. Um, it's not as scary as you might think. Mm -hmm. um, in, in, in fact, investing, you're probably investing if you're doing it the right way in some of the things that we, where we spend our money at on a daily basis. Right. Walmart, Target, you, you, Apple, our cell phones. Yes. Where, do, where do we pay our bills? Who do we pay them to? Where do we go shop? Investing Those are is things that you're familiar with. Correct, correct. So you may want to invest in those. So risk tolerance. Risk tolerance. Okay. okay. Time horizon. Time horizon. For young people, you got all the time in the world. <laughs> Not to say if you're a little bit older than a 20-year-old, you oh, can't take advantage. Oh, I'm just a little advantage. bit older, yes. <laughs> just a tiny bit. You can't take advantage of time. You can still do something to put you in a better position. I, I, I get that a lot. They said, Chuck, I wish I would have met you 10, 15 exactly. years ago. I said, don't think about that. That's water under the bridge. Where are you starting now? What can we do now to put us in a better position? So, so time horizon, we're talking about, uh, you know, these young people, you have all the time in the world. How about, you know, somebody like me? I, I, I want to catch up or or can I catch up or how can I take advantage of, of, uh, of my financial situation? Sure. So this is where we can start talking about actual accounts now. Okay. okay. In, in the United States, there are what we call qualified accounts. And, and simply put, you can take advantage of them 
first and foremost, usually through your employer. Okay. So look to always look to your employer. You want to ask and say, hey, are you all offering any type of retirement plan? Mm-hmm. Um, a 401k tends to be the most popular, right? But if you are working at a hospital, a nonprofit, a school district, they might have something a little bit different. But you want to ask about that. Is there something that you all offer where you can take a piece of my paycheck, percentage of my paycheck, mm-hmm. and set it aside in this type of retirement account? That way you don't even see it. You don't even see it. I want to, t- I want to say that the reason on a daily basis that, that, that I, the biggest account that I see on a regular basis is somebody's retirement plan through their employer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to know why it's the largest account that I see on their balance sheet. It's because they've it's not because of some investment strategy. It's because they decided Mm -hmm. a decision to set aside a portion of their income periodically. Mm -hmm. And then some of that is matched up to what? 6% or whatever. Every, every employer is different, but the fact that they're doing something periodically on a regular timetable Mm -hmm. is what's gotten them to accrue such a large account balance. Mm -hmm. And it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. <laughs> they get a statement once a quarter, once a month, maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. So they know they don't see it. And that is the reason why they've been able to accumulate so much. Out of sight, out of mind, and they do it periodically. Right? So that's the first thing. Does my employer have a retirement plan that I could take advantage of? And many times, there is an employer match. Mm-hmm. Right? And the reason you always want to you know, reference your employer is that's free money. Right. That's free money. We do not want to leave free money on the table. Mm-hmm. So we always want to be making sure that we're maximizing our employer match percentage. That's got to be number one. Okay. Where, where, where else are we going to get free money in this world? <laughs> Nobody. No, nowhere. Nobody gives no us free money. There's no such thing as a free lunch either. Right. So. <laughs> so, so that's number one. Look in your own backyard. With your employer, you might already have an employer-sponsored mm-hmm. retirement plan. You mentioned, hey, what if my employer doesn't have uh, an employer-sponsored retirement plan? What can I do to better myself and my family? Besides uh, set aside 10% of your S- Besides the emergency yep. fund, right? This is where we start taking a look at individual retirement accounts. Um, I've met with some individuals and somebody will tell me, oh my gosh, I start hearing these words, and- these <laughs> acronyms, I- I- I'm lost, yeah. right? An IRA just is an acronym for individual retirement account. And so what we want to do is we want to evaluate, is it right for this individual Mm -hmm. to set aside money in one of these accounts? Many times it is, right? But there are two accounts, the traditional IRA and the Roth Roth IRA that many individuals can take advantage of, um, even if they do have an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So there's a, there's a, I get this question asked a lot. What's the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth? And a Roth IRA. You're still going to pay taxes, but it, it depends on when you're going to pay them. Correct. And <laughs> you say, well, what are taxes going to look like in the future? Nobody has the crystal ball. Right. I can't tell you if taxes are going to be higher or lower in the future, but it might be a good idea to be tax diversified. Right. So we want to talk about having different places to pull mm-hmm. money from in retirement. And so when we're talking about tax diversification, I think this is a good segue into understanding the difference between the two. Okay. So the traditional IRA, similar to a traditional 401k, 
the money is saved on a pre-tax basis. So what does that mean? You pay taxes uh, when you take them out? Correct. So they escape an income tax today. The government says, hey, we won't tax you on those dollars today. In fact, since you are reducing your taxable income Mm -hmm. by deferring money into this traditional IRA, we're going to reduce your taxes. So some individuals utilize this to reduce overall taxable income. And they say, okay, well, I think that's good. The money inside of the account grows without taxes. It grows tax deferred. However, at retirement... That's when you pay. That's when you pay taxes. And and, and that's established by the IRS as the age of 59 and a half. Okay. Um, They... they, they, they give you a little penalty of 10% if mm-hmm. you try if taking you the money out. out before 59 and a half. Another disclosure, there's some other qualified reasons for distribution um, should you need to take it out before 59 and Health? a half. Health. So if you actually, if you experience a disability, mm-hmm. um, the IRS will not penalize you for taking distributions from your IRA. Okay. Um, first time home buyer. So if you're out there and you're looking to purchase a home for the first time, the IRS will allow you to take up up to $10,000 out of your IRA. To help, you with the, to help you down with, with your down payment. Help you out with that down payment. Um, no penalty. Now, with the traditional IRA, we know since we didn't pay taxes going in, right, anything that comes out would still be taxable, right? So, so we start thinking about, okay, is this the right account for me? And this is where everybody's situation is a little bit different, right? But this is where the appearance of the Roth IRA comes in, right? And it still has some of the same rules, mm-hmm. right? But these dollars are set aside on an after-tax basis. So you're saying, hey, I'm going to go ahead and pay my federal income taxes today, today. Uh-huh. right? So at when the, I need it at the, at the end, I won't have to pay taxes. In the future those dollars will come out tax-free. So Mm -hmm. the Roth IRA is a tax-exempt account. So you say, I'm going to go ahead and set aside some dollars on an after-tax basis. I'm going to allow those dollars to grow, tax-deferred. And at retirement, once I'm over the age of 59 and a half, I'm able to take those dollars out tax-free, right? And so what we start to evaluate then is, well, which one's better? Mm-hmm. It's not to say which one's better. Um, everybody's a little bit different on what they might may or may may not need, okay. right? Um, and that's where I think working with a financial advisor or a tax advisor, right, starts to uh, be, become strategic. It starts to become important. Hey, which one do I do here? Mm-hmm. Well, what are the benefits of each? Hmm, that person can think about, well, what, what's going to put me in a better position in the future? So- this is a lot of information. It is. It's a lot of information to take in. And, you know, we're trying to reach a different uh, segments of, of the population here in El Paso uh, and different circumstances. But we, we need to have you back to talk about, let's say, you know, what somebody at, at age 25 with a first-time job should be doing and somebody who's uh, right in the middle in the thick of things but changed jobs and somebody who's uh, near retirement and what they should do. So, but for now, for now, just budget, uh, have an emergency fund, and uh, just start thinking about what you need to do with your money. But uh, thank you so much, Chuck, for coming in. We so need we need to have you back. And um, I'm excited because to be because here. I, I want to know a little bit more about you. Uh, you are from El Paso. You were born and raised here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, you're gonna get me talking about myself. <laughs> you got two minutes. <laughs> 
So born and raised here in El Paso, yeah. Texas. I absolutely love this area. Um, I, I, I was born and raised here. I went to Cathedral High School. So Viva La Cate. Okay. Viva. Yes. Vi- viva, viva style. Viva, viva style. Uh, viva La Cate. I went to UTEP and I double majored in economics and finance. And uh, my mentor there, I always give him a shout out, Dr. Timothy Roth. Okay. And um, he was my mentor. And straight from graduating, I started with Northwestern Mutual and the Wealth Management Company. And I've been there the last 10 years. Already. So it's been a decade. And so it's... It's tough. Maybe that's why I don't have much hair, but I've, <laughs> I've been through two, I've, I've experienced two different recessions. Yeah. I, I remember the 08, 09 crash and then we, the, the COVID crash that we mm. experienced in the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, a, a little bit about me, I've got two little ones. They're the loves of my life. Um, I've got an amazing, amazing girlfriend. Um, and um, we're, we live here in El Paso. We're growing here. Uh, we love the El Paso, Las Cruces, Juarez also, it's a beautiful area. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, and it's just really been my mission and my passion, frankly, to make sure that I'm impacting my community to stay fiscally responsible. Yes. Uh, it's so easy to spend money. And, oh, um, and, um, and everything is more expensive right now, too. So you got to watch out for that. Okay. And, um, and, and I always love to give a shout out to my mother. So she, <laughs> she, she's the one that raised me. And so lots of love to my mom. She's the one that put me you know, through private school, through cathedral, and, and, sacrifice? and, and supported me. Budgeting. Through, and budgeting. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I learned some great things from my mom. And um, and also a, a shout out to my brother. He wanted me to talk about the metaverse, but we'll talk about that another time. We'll talk about that another time. Hey, thanks for coming in, Chuck. I hope Absolutely. you all learned uh, something, a lot of information to take in. But just prepare uh, your your and, and uh, straighten out your financial house so you can have uh, a better quality of life and uh, some extra money to spend for those shoes, or for those <laughs> special things that you like to treat yourself with. Discretionary. 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 Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. We'd like to hear what you think about today's conversation. Go to the Viva Auto Group Facebook page and like us. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car or truck, we invite you to choose a Viva vehicle.